Welcome to the show. I'm Greg McEwen, and I'm your host for the What's Essential podcast. There are lots of shows on how to improve, on how to become successful, but there is only one on what to do once you are. This is essential because success can be a catalyst for failure, especially if it leads to the undisciplined pursuit of more. This show is about how to become successful at success. It's for high performers who are on the edge of exhaustion, solving problems completely before they even arise. It's about turning tedious tasks into joyful rituals. It's about simplifying your processes and making your most essential activities the easiest ones. So if you're a driven, hardworking, productive person who is running out of space but still wants to make a higher contribution effortlessly, the What's Essential podcast is designed especially for you. So let's begin. Dave Knoll, creator of 50 more television series, uh, including Chopped, and Chop Jr., all of those things, uh, CBS's syndicated series, Face the Truth, and many, many others. A Hollywood insider, I think it's fair to say. Emmy Award winner, twice over, two Gracie Awards, for a James Beard Award for Best Television Series, a Platinum Album Award from the Recording Industry of America uh, for your work on Titanic, the soundtrack for the motion picture, and and many, many other things. Dave Knoll, welcome to the What's Essential podcast. That introduction was unbelievable. I like myself a little bit more now. <laughs> well, that's what we're going for. I, I want you to do this. Can you give me like a Reader's Digest version of your story from birth to the moment you get here? You have, I'm going to give you three minutes, go. I could. I think I could do it in sixty seconds. Go uh, sixty uh, seconds, even better. Um, I still. I was a kid from New Jersey, Nowheresville, New Jersey. It's a tiny, tiny town called Belvedere, New Jersey, right on the border of New Jersey and Pennsylvania. How many people live there? I I looked that up because I've gotten that question before. I think it was like five thousand. Mm. You did did high school there. I did not. So we moved when I was in sixth grade. But that's, you know, that's where I feel like that has landed with me the most. I feel like a Belvedereian walking around every day, even though I haven't lived there, you know, since I was 10. Mm. Uh, we basically used to joke you would in order to get to Belvedere, you would pass like t- 12 farms, make a left, pass a couple more farms, go over a hill. <laughs> And then this, and then Belvedere was down in the valley, and we would, you know, we would, we would swim in the Delaware River. It was that, it was right there, and it was a, an amazing. There were cornfields and a little town square that we lived on, and a little tiny village with a pizza place and a bank and a post office and and Bob's Candy Store where I used to buy my candy. And that's kind of you know that's me. That's who I really am. And next, you went to where? I went to American University in Washington, D.C. It was um, a huge, huge moment in my life for two big reasons. One is I met my wife. So that obviously was a big deal. Um, we are still married to this day. Congratulations. We've been married for 25 years. Oh, well, that's marvelous. Um, now that I think it through. 
And then uh, they had, it's the reason I went there. They had this big old television station and weren't doing much with it. They had the news and they had a game show called The Roommate Game. And I heard about that and I was like, well, I'm going to go and work at this television station. And eventually I started a uh, late night talk show called Midnight with Dave Knoll. And that was the first show I ever created. I don't even count that one. I think actually, if you count Midnight with Dave Knoll, I've actually now created 60 plus television shows. And the biggest thing about that was, A, it taught me everything. Everything I know about TV, I either learned from working with Barry Diller (laughs) or Cleve Keller, who I've worked with forever, or I learned at that television station back in the day, creating shows and getting people to be your camera person and getting writers and all that other stuff. But the cool part is that show, same show, Midnight with Dave Knoll became Midnight with Chris Knoll, my little brother, who's four years younger. He took the show over. And then after he graduated, about five years later, we took his greatest moments, put them together, and sold that show to Comedy Central. And we got my little brother a late night talk show. That proved to me, well, if we could get a show... Than anybody like it's do I could do it again. <laughs> yeah, you said you said given where we came from and what assets we had, if you can make the journey, then it's repeatable. Uh, it's you now know uh, enough of the path for doing it. I've gotten dinged for that before. People are like, "Oh, you came from nowhere," but the, and then and you know, and they it's kind of insult like. They're basically saying, well, anyone can do it. You know, you just have to work really hard. And I, and I think, yes, that's the answer. It doesn't matter. But, but look, my brother and I, we had no ins in the industry. You know, there's a lot of nepotism. There's a lot of who do you know? There's a lot of who knows you? We didn't have any of that. And yet we worked our way up from the very bottom, him just going out to Hollywood and being a comedian and finding himself an agent and, me working at MTV Networks and starting as an intern and production assistant and assistant producer and segment producer. And you just go and you grind and you grind. And we both started right away, right out of college. And we got to the place where we sold that show. It is doable. Dreams do come true, people. Mm. What do you know for sure about dreams coming true, about how to make that happen? I know it's hard. And I know it's never what you think is going to happen. I never, ever really thought we were going to get that show on Comedy Central because it was me and my little brother and the guy leading the band was our cousin, Michael. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I never really thought Chopped would be a gigantic hit show that would, it will cross a thousand episodes. Uh, across the franchise next year. I never, it is never how you think it happens. It's never what the, that's my experience. It's always hard and it's never predictable. What I hear actually underneath what you just said is a kind of uh, imposter syndrome (laughs) where, where you, I mean, the imposter syndrome is that sort of internal experience of believing that you're, not as competent as others 
perceive you to be or as other people are. But, and that's not quite what you said, but it's a sense of like, there's no way that just me and my brother and, you know, family member are just going to, it, it, can't, it just can't happen. It has to happen to other kinds of people. You have to be a different kind of person for it to happen. And then as it happened, you started going, oh, you don't have to be a different kind of person to us. You can just be normal people and, you know, and amazing things can happen. I've heard show business and especially television and especially unscripted television, which is what, what we do. I've heard it described as living in Vegas, meaning it's colorful, there's lights, there's some famous people. <laughs> it's great. It's exhausting. It's intense. And it's possible you can say some things and write some things and, and talk to some people and you could get millions of dollars. They will give you millions of dollars to make that show. That has happened. I've, I know that has happened. But on the other end, it's a lot like Vegas. One phone call and you can lose millions of dollars. And it's heartbreaking. And it's painful. And I live like that. Meaning, I'm not sure I feel like an imposter, but I definitely feel like I'm visiting. Like mm -hmm. I am here in Vegas and I'm enjoying every moment that I can. And the days when we lose big, it is heartbreaking. But damn it, I'm going back down there. I'm going back down tomorrow and we're going to play again. And tomorrow I may win. Probably not going to, by the way. Most days we lose. <laughs> mm. Almost every day you lose. <laughs> but there are those days where you go back in and you pick up the dice and you roll them and you hit it. And you and that's, that's how I feel. So I would say I feel personally less an imposter and just more a visitor that's trying to have a great time. And at the end of the day, trying to win. And, and losing nine, nine days out of 10. We have figured out these numbers. We have done this. It was, it was years ago. We figured out the odds. It's astronomical against you. Uh, Brandon Tartikoff, who ran NBC, famously said, no matter how great the show is, even if you have friends, even if you have Survivor, even if you have Downton Abbey, the odds are you're going to have to pitch that great show 30 times. Because 29 times out of 30, they're not going to get it. You're going to say the wrong thing. They don't have the money. They don't have the time slot, whatever it is. So you're going to lose 29 times. That is to get a deal. Now you have a deal. Congratulations. You only get a show on the air one out of four times. <laughs> so of those, you need four deals to get one actual series on the air. It never gets a pilot. You get a pilot, but then it gets turned down. Whatever happens. They pick up the series and then it never airs. They pick up the series. They call you and say they're throwing it out. So that's one out of four. And then we went around and we asked television executives and we said, what, what's the number how many of, of X number of shows, how many shows do you need before you get a hit? And the average number was eight. So if you do 30 times four times eight, uh, Greg, I'm assuming you're much smarter than me because <laughs> I've listened to your podcast. It's a very big number. I think it's nine something. 960, I think. Yeah, there you go. 
so if 960 is the right answer, that means you're going to lose 959 days and you just have to keep going and just look around and enjoy the lights, by the way. Enjoy every moment that the biggest thing, Cleve and I, I've worked with this genius, Cleve Keller. I met her first in 2003. We've been working together since 2007. She is a genius. She is one of the smartest people when it comes to creating unscripted television series. One of the smartest people in the world, easily. And one of the things we've learned working together all this time is at the beginning, we didn't enjoy it enough. We were concentrating too much on the legal stuff and making people happy and all this stuff that you have to cut the writing and the words and the editing and the, and making just the best possible decisions. And recently, like in the last five years, we've decided we need to take more pictures. We need to smile more. We need to take a step back and look around and just be happy even on the days where we lose. Because if you don't do that, I mean, that's your life, you know. If you don't do that, the, all those losses are going to get to you. Mm. And we've seen it happen. You know, people just leave television. <laughs> and we're like, that's probably a good choice. Mm. I wrote a book fairly recently called Effortless. And I didn't write it because I think life is easy. There's no point in writing a book if you think that. It's, it's because life can be and so often is for so many people so hard and so the question is how can you make it a little easier or at least how do you not make it even harder than it has to be that is so smart I, why don't i have that book yet <laughs> your other books are fantastic by the way well i appreciate wow. that the but but what why i'm sharing that is because you um, I mean, that's what you're saying is, is if we can turn this basically perpetual losing into a little more fun, a little more joy in it, then we, then we take the edge off it. The, we, we start to enjoy the experience, the ritual. Um, you know, the, the difference between a habit and a ritual is that a habit is something you do and you enjoy the result afterwards. A ritual is something that you enjoy in and of itself so that you you create a ritual for exercise in a way that you enjoy doing it. And then later you also get the advantage. And that's what you're saying. How can we make it a little more playful, more enjoyable? Let's smile our way through this. Let's enjoy the journey. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's take pictures and, and, and note it uh, and embrace and embrace the creative process that you're describing as uh, being one, I'm going to describe it as like living on Mars or something. Yes, it's like it's like look, this is this isn't this is not going to be for everyone. And it's and it's a long term proposal, and that's the crazy juxtaposition. Because on the one hand, you have to passionately dive in to these shows or the book or these jokes. You're passionately diving and you have to. No one's going to pick up a show that Cleve and I have created unless we are 100% confident, 100, unless we know clearly how it's going to be a gigantic hit and we 
can express that in a unique, concise way. And then you're going to get turned down and you have to make sure then your heart isn't broken, even though, of course, it is. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. (coughs) Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system, whenever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. In my experience with every business that I have built, including this podcast, there are breakthrough moments, and those moments are often the result of finding the right partner. And I think that's a way to think about Shopify, because no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greg, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greg now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greg. Because you know that, I mean, even just knowing the odds you just described is helpful. Um, because if you know the odds are, you know, let's say it's one in a thousand, right? It's a thousand days of every day doing it. You would approach that differently. Exactly. Uh, and that's, you, you can't think of it as a pass or a no, or someone being mean to you, which they often are, or someone ignoring you, which they often do, or someone insulting you, which they often do. You can't think of any of those things as negative. Each one of those things is simply the 999 steps it takes. You have to get turned down, or at least you have to think about it that way. Every time we get rejected, even on the toughest, toughest days, either Cleaver or I'll say, well, it's just a step forward. And you move on. Some days I need to stop. Like, even if it's like 1130 and it's that bad, not, it doesn't happen often, but once or twice a year, some big, gigantic, terrible thing happens where you just lose in a huge way. And I'll just be like, I need to take the rest of the day off. But then you get a good night's sleep. And the next day you say to yourself, that's just a step, Dave Nall. Dave Nall, that's just a step forward. That is a step forward. We need those failures. We need them. Bring them on because we're going to get to the next giant hit. It's there. I I just think it's, uh, it's, it's such a powerful perspective. I remember a friend of mine uh, who teaches Spanish says, look, you've got to imagine that you've got a bag with a hundred, like, like, let's say a thousand um, embarrassing mistakes uh, with this language. And it's in this bag. And and by the time you have, to, every time you make a mistake, every time you try to use your Spanish 
and fail with somebody. They don't understand what you said, or they sort of laugh at the way you said it, or or they correct you in some way, or you take one of those, you know, little ball bearings out of the bag and 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 you've now you've used it. Once the bag is empty, you're conversational in Spanish. It's 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 a similar thing, I think with success, especially becoming very successful at something. It's it's not that the failure is something even, and I think that is the shift in perspective. It's not just something just to endure. It's exactly the price. It's what it is. It it's like if you want extraordinary success, this this is just the cost of it. You take one out after another. And and I think that the that the implication is that you must approach success differently. Because if you if you approach success with a sense of I'm going to go huge and big for a short sprint to make it, to make the hit, to make the breakthrough, to make it in Hollywood, to make it in your business, to, whatever it is you're pursuing, uh, you are setting yourself up for, for like a, a huge shortfall because that's not the way the price gets paid. It's a sustainable journey. How can you keep going? And this is why when people say, especially in a, a, any kind of show business or entertainment or publishing, any kind of job like that, and people will say, well, you should find what you love. You should find who you are. What do you love? That might take you a while to figure that out. But you should find that out and then do that. And then uh, the mistake people make, I think, is because they think, oh, well, when I find what I love, that's when I'll be successful. No, no, that is not it. <laughs> what happens is when the reason why people say find what you love is because when you find what you love, that's the only way that you could make it through all the failure because at the very least you love it. That's, it, it's not a, a path to quick success. It is a path to lengthy, lengthy, longevity, lengthy work that then will someday pay off. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. This is what we learned from working with Barry Diller. So B Barry Diller started the Fox network, the Simpsons, married with children, all that started started with Barry Diller. At one point, he ran Paramount. At one point, he ran USA Network. He ran ABC. He's a billionaire, an outstanding human being, and we worked with him for, for four years. And he, for better or worse, he changed the way we think about what you were just talking about. How we so? had a project where we thought it was amazing. It was a straight-to-series project they picked up 10 episodes. Each episode was six. The budget was 600,000. So it was a $6 million project. And we had only been working for him for four months, let's say, or five months. And I, one of my jobs at that point was to go into this boardroom and present once a month our new stuff. And that day I was psyched. I was on fire. I was dressed in my very best outfit. I had this presentation that was, it had colorful charts and graphs. There was like a, that gold binder clip and I was ready. I was so happy because I thought we had something huge. I was just like, this is $6 million. This is amazing. I go in, I make the presentation. 
I'm on fire. I hit all the beats. You know, it was awesome. And he said, so why are we doing this project again? And I (laughs) laughed. I literally laughed. I thought he was joking. I laughed at Barry Diller, billionaire. I didn't, I like an idiot. I went, <laughs> okay. And then I hit a couple of the biggest beats again. And he slid the packet over to me. And it slid across this table. I can hear it. That binder <laughs> clip sliding towards me. And he said, it's an effing lemonade stand. Except he didn't say effing, by the way. Mm-hmm. And what we learned from him was this particular type of show was never, ever going to be a long lasting hit that could go for a thousand episodes. And, you know, so he, you know, he basically ripped the rug out from under me, right? Destroyed me. Everyone looked at me like I was a total idiot, which was, but then he built me back up almost immediately. He was basically like, look, what you and Cleve can do. What what you two have the ability to do is create the next wheel of fortune. You can create the next survivor, the next voice, the next America's Got Talent, the next Price is Right. That's what you two can do. He didn't say that's your superpower, but if it was 2021, he, he would say that's your superpower. Do that. Don't do anything else ever, basically, was what he said. And and at one point, he said, uh, don't pitch me any show ever again, ever. No show without a clear, concise path to over $100 million globally, period. And it that changed the way. And I, I'm not sure everyone should do that because I don't want the competition. <laughs> <laughs> But stop telling this story changed the way I think. So I'm working on a book right now. Um, Just announced, but we don't have a title yet. And what I'm doing is reading books like yours or, or Adam Grant's books or uh, Gladwell's books or what, or Gary V and basically dillering it and basically pouring my soul into it for a couple hours every day thinking how can i write the book that changes everything <laughs> which is hard by the way and it's crazy <laughs> which is hard by the way <laughs> <laughs> but it does it does make it more fun like what i love is it i realize it's because i you know as i say i've i live with failure constantly or quote-unquote failure. It makes it more fun. I'm having a blast. What you're saying is, if you're going to think, think big. That's yes. part of what you're saying. But 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 Delia gave you, um, yeah. raised your, he raised your target. He said, don't let it be an achievement that you have a show that gets made and don't let it be acceptable that the show is a commercial success. He's saying you have the chance to do something that's perennial that lives for a generation (laughs) that, that, you know, that entertains for for, that. Somebody's kids and grandkids are still watching this show. That that lives beyond you. That lives beyond you. It's the, there's no, for me at least, there's no justification in writing a book 
or in this case, creating a TV show uh, without that estimation. I was just going to say, in this time period, the, the year that we're living in, the years that we're living in right now, you kind of want to say to every mom and dad, everyone raising a child, yes, give them unconditional love, 100%. Yes, give them boundaries. So, so they know there's, there are things that they can't do. They know what the boundaries are. Uh, yes, teach them to be great people. Teach them to respect others. But almost above all... <laughs> Teach them to believe in themselves. Teach them that they have the tools, no matter where they are. You, you have the tools. You have it with, within yourself to do something fantastic. You have it within yourself to succeed. It's there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes I would frame the question as, well, why aren't more teenagers or just people in general, uh, you, you know, more confident and, and, and so on and visionary? And, and, that, and sometimes I think what, what, what the question is more like, why is anyone, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's helpful because it just, it says, where are they being inspired to do that? Yeah. What class in high school? What what well let's say it that way what tv show what Video what game. song in the media yeah is really affirming and or inviting someone to to ask these questions or to develop a vision of their life or to to even start to sense their tremendous potential to make a contribution and i'm not saying there's n there's none of this but I do not believe it is the primary diet. And they all need to hear it. Even, even the best baseball player on the high school team needs someone to take – the best softball player needs someone to take her aside and say, look, you're the best softball player. And that might help you in college and it might not or you might hurt your knee and blah, 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 blah. I just want you to know beyond softball – Beyond playing second base and hitting home runs, you're an awesome person and you have everything you need to be successful. Well beyond what you can hit or catch, well beyond a, a, a song you write or well beyond the number of social media likes that you got yesterday, you as a human are going to be great. It's going to be okay. You have all the skills. I agree with that completely. That and and not just a single telling of it. It must be affirmed and affirmed and affirmed as a as a soundtrack. Yeah, you, you know, you are capable. You have potential. Uh, you you are you can achieve way beyond what you currently see. And so that if you can start in, in extending your imagination beyond its current limits and repeating that that 
movie in your head enough times that you start to go, well, you know, that, that, that seemed impossible before, but you know, what, what if it isn't? What, what if it's not impossible? What if it's just improbable? What, and, then, and then you keep repeating it and, and, and start learning a bit about it and breaking it down as you start to go, oh, well, maybe it's, maybe it's plausible now. Not improbable, but plausible, and 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 eventually, it's it's like you actually experience a thing that is done that was beyond your belief before, and 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 I think what's powerful about that is not just the single rendition, the single moment. It's that that uh, can happen again and again at higher and higher levels, and 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 what what that is that then 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 you are really seriously dealing with the closest thing to magic that I know of. Dave, what a how great it is to have you on the What's Essential podcast. This is the this is going to be the first of many conversations. It's great to be able to be connected now, and it's just uh, just a delight to have you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. I love that book. I love it. Uh, your podcast is outstanding almost every single time. <laughs> There's moments of brilliance. It's unbelievable. And this has just been a shocking honor. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, essentialists, one and all, we've come to that moment again, the end of the show. Thank you really sincerely for listening. It's been amazing to see what's happened already with this show. The show has become, in fact, the top 3% of podcasts globally within just the first five months of its launch. And that's because of you. You have made this special. And I want to end, as I always do, reminding you that if you don't do anything else, just ask what's essential and eliminate as much as possible everything else. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.